Hello and welcome to Grace in the Marketplace. My name is Tafara Butai. Did you know that God is inside Kairos moments, divine connections, favor, unmerited strength for his children, for the marketplace? I like to call all of this God's grace in the marketplace. And so on this podcast, that's what we're going to be talking about and many other subjects. Let's check out today's podcast. Welcome, guys. Welcome to our fifth day of this year, Grace in the Marketplace. And tonight is a special night. Uh, before I even introduce our, our, our guest uh, tonight, just a few uh, reminders that uh, Grace in the Marketplace uh, is going to be running uh, till tomorrow night, 6 p.m. So if you're planning to join us, uh, please be sure to uh, to do so as well tomorrow night. And uh, as you join in tonight, please uh, feel free to share the link, invite some friends onto this broadcast. Tonight is going to be awesome. You don't want any of the people that you love. If you genuinely love them, you don't want them to miss tonight, okay? <laughs> because it is going to be awesome. And one last thing is we are going to be taking questions. So please uh, if you have any questions from what our guest is going to be sharing tonight, uh, please be sure to slip them in the comment section. Uh, if you're watching here on Zoom, uh, please be sure to slip them in the comment section as well on Zoom. We'll be able to see them. We are monitoring uh, both platforms. And so uh, tonight is a special night. Our guest uh, is Stacey Speller, and I'm just going to read her bio quickly uh, so you can... Uh, uh, just get a glimpse into uh, Stacey's uh, big world of changing people's lives and influencing nations for years. Uh, Stacey is a highly sought-after international speaker, success coach, uh, and author. She knows that God, with God all things are possible and passionately believes that every man and every woman should discover her own unique gifts and talents and purpose. She is also uh, a member of our board, spiritual board here at Faith Hill Church. And uh, we call her the mother in the ministry, the mother of the ministry. <laughs> and so brothers and sisters, Faith Healers, Faith Hill Nation, why don't you help me to welcome Stacy Speller tonight. Come on, hit the like button, hit the heart. <laughs> And show your love, ladies and gentlemen. Stacy, we're all yours. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Pastor Tafar. I'm so excited to be here, of course. Mother of Mother of the Church. And you know, it's interesting because normally when I come to Faith Hill, it takes a long time. It, it does. It took me two minutes to, <laughs> to come this time. So, you know, there's, there's this whole new world has some real different uh, pluses and minuses to it. Um, I'm excited to be here. If you're watching and you have not gotten a hold of grace in the marketplace, you need this book in your life. This book is absolutely awesome. I think this is your best book until you write your fourth book. Tomorrow. Oh, wow. <laughs> Thank um, you. It is an awesome, awesome book. In fact, we were chatting uh, before we got started and I said, if you're in South Africa and you want to either get married or have a baby, you should attend Faith Hill because there's an anointing in this church for that. And there's an anointing on your life for this grace in the marketplace. So well done, well done. 
Thank you. Thanks, um, Stacey. So I just have to go here because I have some notes prepared of what I wanted to share, but I, I got so interrupted this morning and it was so exciting what God showed me. And I said, okay, God, I'm going with this just to open it up because I've been watching how we're reacting as Christians to this pandemic. Wow. Now, I don't, you know, there, there's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of what feels like uncertainty and a lot of change going on. But this morning I was getting dressed and I got a, one of these uh, Apple watches for Christmas. You know, I'm surrounded by people who love technology. I'm, I'm the last person that ever thought I wanted an Apple watch, but now I have it. So every hour, this thing buzzes me and tells me to stand up. Whether I wanna stand up or not, it just gives me this little thing like it's time to stand. And it made me think this morning, it literally took me to Exodus 14 and it's time to take a stand. Come on, come on. And just like the watch says, take a stand. And you have to keep standing until you reach your goal. And when you look at Exodus 14 and 13, where it says, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. When you study that out, it's not saying like, stand there like, I'm, I don't know what I'm doing. It's stand and remain standing until you receive the victory, the prosperity, the deliverance that God has already promised you. And then it says, and you don't need to fight. Well, when we think of fight, we think of fight like maybe I'm going to win, maybe I'm going to lose. When you look at that text, it's not fight is it maybe I will, maybe I won't. It's fighting from a place of victory that when God's in the battle, the fight is already established that he's going to win. The, the victory is already predetermined. It's already written into the script. You just have to do your part. And then it says to stay calm in the New Living Translation, but it says, hold your peace. And that means if you're going to speak about negative stuff, say nothing. Hold your peace. Stop speaking against what the promise is, what the victory is. And it just really kind of arrested me this morning that, you know, we get so caught up as Christians in salvation messages like, yay, we got a, an insurance policy against going to hell. But that is so limiting to what salvation really is. It's victory. It's prosperity. It's deliverance. It's safety. It's peace. It's all encompassing. So I would encourage everybody today, if you just want to walk away with that, stand still, see the salvation, stand and keep standing, just like the Apple Watch. You have to keep standing until you've stood long enough, and then it says, okay, you did it, you made your goal, well done. Same thing in the spirit realm, stand and keep standing, because at some point we have to ask ourselves as Christians, yes, these are difficult times, but isn't this our Esther moment as the church that faith is for such a time as this? And it's, you know, at some point you say, all the meetings I've gone to, all the Bible studies, all the small groups, all the devotionals, all the church services I attended, if I'm not going to stand now, when would be a good time? Like, when am I going to finally put something into action here? So now is our moment. Now is our time. And we should be shining in this dark world. And so I, you know, that's kind of the posture I'm going through this. Like, if not now, when? When would be a good time to have my faith for such a time as this moment? So that part was for free because um, that's just what happened this morning. But what I really want to think about as we thought about this is 
right now we're in a pandemic and I feel like there's the, the panic that wants to set in. But we have to remember that the Bible, as believers, the Bible was written to people who were also going through some difficult times. You know, this is not the first difficult challenge that, that, that the world has ever experienced. And God gave us words, but I don't know sometimes if we recognize the context of the word when he was giving it, the people were having a difficult time. So for example, in Isaiah 1 and 19, he says, if you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. Or remember the Lord your God, it's him who gives you the power to get wealth or let not your heart be troubled. This is not an a la carte kind of faith. These are not a la carte kind of words where you choose what you like and leave what you don't. You take it all and there's no exit ramp. There's no exit clause off of this where, you know, if you're willing and obedient and there's no pandemic and the economy's good and you were born into the right family and you're in the right country and there's no recession, then you'll eat the good of the land. Or don't let your heart be troubled. If there's no pandemic, there's no virus, there's no all these other issues, then you're all good. There's no there's no exit clause to these words. There's a, there's a full stop period. That's it. If you're willing and obedient, you eat of the good of the Lord of the land. That's it. So, you know, that has to be the backdrop for us as believers, that that's the posture we're taking through this, that there's no exit clause. So we have to start making God's word more absolute in our lives and not where it's optional and a la carte. And if we're going to be, you know, to have that grace in the marketplace at this time, grace in the marketplace requires us to be a light. We should be a light right now. And it makes me think of 1 Kings um, 17 chapter with Elijah. And there's a few lessons that I wanted to kind of glean out of that when I think about this. And we know that Elijah, you know, you know, God told him to go. He already said there was not going to be any rain in the land. There was going to be famine. And so God told him to go. And so God's given him instruction. And the first thing that we have to remember is faith takes risk. It takes risk. Elijah had to take a risk and trust God to leave Israel and go into Gentile territory. Now, he had to walk what would be like 75 miles, and I should have translated that into kilometers so that it made sense, but he had to walk a long, long way in the desert where God told him to go. This was not some short walk. This was a long way. This was like a two-hour car drive away, and he tells him to go. And then he tells him to go to this widow woman. Now, there had to have been a lot of widow women in Elijah's day. And he sent him to a Gentile widow woman. So now he has to come out of his comfort zone because here he is, this Israelite. He's got to go to this Gentile woman. She's a different culture. And then she had to take a risk. And I think sometimes we get so focused on Elijah. I have to shout out to the ladies. The widow woman took a risk, too, because... She had to say, okay, here's this guy. He's an Israelite. He's coming for me. He's asking me to do something like this, not looking like a good idea at all. But the Bible is full of people who had to take a risk before they received the reward. You can't walk on the water if you don't get out the boat. You're not going to have that big net and that big haul if you don't trust it. Even though you're tired, you go cast your net on the other side where Jesus told you to go. You know, you got to go to Nineveh. Like whatever it is, there's no example where there's not the risk before the reward. And so you have to be willing to do that because remember, the Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. 
And as we look at, as we look at what God has for us, you know, we're looking for sameness. And so we want to kind of stay in our same little world, our same little circle. But if you're going to be in the marketplace, you have to recognize that you have a cross cultural grace on your life because of God. And so you don't look for sameness. You know, Elijah got sent, he's an Israelite, got sent to a Gentile woman. God may have something, an invention or a service or a business or an offering or, or even a career for you that's completely outside of your comfort zone in an area you never thought you would see yourself in. But that's okay because you're a child of God and you have to be willing to take a risk. You know, there's a, a, a theologian, uh, Jack Hiles. And he was famous for, you know, he wrote a lot of books and he traveled a lot and he had a church at one point, he was like the original mega church guy because he had like 100,000 people in his church. But in his book, he said that faith is the willingness to risk everything on God. Faith is the willingness to risk everything on God. And so, you know, when you're walking by faith, you should be out on a limb. If you're not out on a limb, you know, you're taking up too much space, right? And if what you're doing in the marketplace right now, if you can do it with your own skill, education, and competence, you're not doing enough. You are not doing enough because anything worthwhile, anything with kingdom impact, you need God to be able to do it. So if right now you can do what you're doing and you don't need God to help you and to show up in the situation, then you need to say, you know what, it's time for me and I need to do more and, and set my sights higher to be able to really do what God would have me to do. You know, we sit and we say, oh, God, use me. But it's like, ooh, not like that. So you got to be willing to take a risk. Next thing is faith takes obedience. Now, I'll be the first to admit that we don't like that word as Christians. You know, certain words that are just ugly, you know, they're just like naughty words like obedience, diet, exercise, you know, just some words you just don't even want to talk. You just don't even want to hear. It's like enough of that already. And as Christians, obedience is probably one of those words. In fact, some people, you know, you hear it, you go to church, and you hear a message, they start talking about obedience and you're like zoned out. It's like, no, 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 I don't, I, no, 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 no. But in Luke 6 chapter, you know, Jesus says, you know, you call me Lord, but then you don't do what I say. So why are you calling me Lord? And we need to ask ourselves, we call him Lord, you know, we raise our hands. We're so faithful, but then we don't do what he says. So what, what are we doing here? But if you look at the text, Elijah displayed incredible obedience to not know where he was going, to go that far in the desert. This is not like walking down, you know, a nice paved road with, you know, traffic lights, robots, you know, everything that you need convenient. This is the desert. This is uncharted walking. And here he is having to humble himself and go to a lowly Gentile widow woman. And he didn't argue with God which I think is phenomenal. We do not do what God says and we start negotiating. Listen, faith doesn't negotiate and God is not an up for negotiation. And yet somehow it's like, okay, God, well, maybe if I just do this or maybe if I just did a little bit of it or maybe if I just stick my, stick my toe out and step out on faith with just my, my, my little toe and then see where it goes. That's not what it is. And if you're wrestling with obedience right now, I have a word for you. God is saying, I 
am. I've already got a good plan to prosper you. I've already got the ram in the bush prepared for you. God's not sitting back waiting for your obedience to get his act together. Your obedience is going to manifest what God's already done. And so stop thinking that, okay, I'm waiting. You know, we want, we want two signs. You know, we want, we want to see, you know, the heavens part. We want this. We want that. God is saying, I've already done it. You see in my word, I've already promised this. I've already said it's a yes and an amen. I've already told you I'm faithful and I'm going to do what I said. But God is saying I am and that I had the plan and I had everything you needed before you even got ready to be obedient. And we have to remember that we read the Bible and we think that you know there's something so awesomely different about these people that were used mightily by God. Elijah was an ordinary man. You know, there was nothing special about him. The difference is he was obedient and he didn't rationalize away his faith. He didn't negotiate with God. And I know what I have found in my walk and dealing with so many people, and I've had the chance to, to interact with people all over the world, Christians all over the world, and I see this so often. It's so easy and comfortable to say, well, I'm waiting on God. I'm waiting to hear from God. No, you're not. You're waiting to hear a word that you like from God. <laughs> and I've done that exactly like I've been there. And we say we're waiting, but if we get a word from God that we don't like or we don't see or it doesn't resonate with us, it's almost like we want to exchange it. It's like if I just hold out long enough and stay spiritual enough and start and talk enough religious, you know, religious Christianese, I'll get a different word. You know, when God told me to go to Africa the first time, I was like, who? Like, I, God, I know you missed that because you are not sending me to Africa. And I did not want that word. I didn't like that word. It was nothing about that word that made any sense to me in the physical or the natural. I mean, there was nothing. I never even thought about going to Africa. And it was so interesting because I wanted to negotiate it to the point where I signed up. And Tafari, you know, this, I signed up my husband Brady to go. Like, that's how much I didn't want to go. And so there was a church trip and I signed him to go. It was like, okay, let me be a good wife and do what any good wife would do. And I'm going to take this word God gave me and I'm going to act on it and I'm going to send my husband. <laughs> but that is not what obedience is. And obedience goes well beyond what we can ever do. And I went to Africa and just long story short, it literally changed the trajectory of my life. And here's the best part about it. When you're obedient, it's the gift that keeps on giving. I, I had an opportunity recently this year, and then the, the, you know, the pandemic kind of put it on hold and we'll pick back up. But I have had the most awesome opportunities and opportunities still keep coming my way because of that one act of obedience. And so it's the gift that keeps on giving if you allow it. And so just being able to say, I'm going to take God at his word and I'm going to do this and I'm not going to try and negotiate it and I'm not going to wait and try and see if I can get a different word. I'm going to take him at his word. Now, when we look at this text, if you're like me, because I, I put myself in the story, you have to ask, why the poor broke down with a woman? 
Like, if you're going to send me, like, send me somewhere where, like, it's going to be like, oh, you know, where you, you, you get there, she's got a nice house, you know, there's nice food prepared, there's all kinds of abundance. Like, you know, come on, God, if I just walk this far, at least, you know, make it, make it, make it when I get there look like, okay, this is it. This the poor broke down woman. And, you know, it could have looked good to show up and say, okay, this is good provision, but I got this woman on her last leg provision. And then the lowly woman who's praying, she's thinking, really, God? Like, I'm praying and praying and praying, and then you send me this broke man who needs something from me? Like, it looks bad all the way around. And it's enough to, and so I read it and I'm thinking, Jesus, you know, can we can we catch a break here? And you know, ladies, if you're praying for a, you're praying for something, and a broke man shows up, that is never a good thing. <laughs> you know, you're looking up and thinking, God, I, you know, I'm thinking this is not what I asked for. And so they're both in that place. And so I I find myself wondering, but why 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 did it have to just be so bleak? And then I realized it's so God could get the glory. Because if she had abundance and he showed up with abundance, where's God in that? And that's what happens in our lives. You know, we'll think we miss God the minute something doesn't go the way we think it should go. It's like, oop, I must have missed God. This doesn't look good. If you're in a situation where you're trusting God and you're walking by faith and you know what God showed you and told you and you stepped out there, just because it looks doesn't look good, doesn't mean it's not God. It just means he needs to be able to get the glory and you need to make sure he's at the forefront because the glory belongs to him. And when you do that, you know, and step out there, you don't need to know how it's all going to happen. We, you know, you start a business, you don't need to know how you're gonna have a contract five years from now. Take it step by step. You know, God gives you just enough light and word for the step that you're on. And when you look at Bible characters, you look at Abraham and you look at Elijah and, you know, they had to go and do things and wait and see what does God have next. And what that does is gives you that complete, total reliance on him. And when you think about that, it makes you say, I I can do this as long as I'm putting God at the forefront. So you got to be willing to take a risk. You got to be willing to do that naughty thing, which is called obedience. There's just no getting around it. It's kind of like if you want to have a six pack and, and, and have that body that you've always dreamed of, you know, how you eat and exercise as naughty as those words are, it just is part of the equation. So when you're going to live the life that that God promised you, you're going to have to take the risk. You're going to have to be obedient. And then you have to put it into action, you know. The Bible says faith without works is dead. Elijah had to actually walk through the desert. Elijah had to trust. He had to step out there and he had to believe that God was going to make it work no matter what. Because listen, people, you don't get supernatural results by doing just enough to get by. You are not going to get supernatural results by doing just enough to get by. So if you say, I'm just going to do this little bit, then guess what? That's the kind of results you're going to get. And it's the people who take that mustard seed faith and say, I'm going to act on what God has said. I'm going to act on what God has promised. I'm going to act on what I believe. I'm going to prepare for what I prayed about. And I'm just going to be relentless about it. You know, it makes me think of blind Bartimaeus 
when he was there at the temple and Jesus was coming by and, you know, he was making noise saying like, hey, hey, look at me, look at me. And, you know, the religious leaders like, Shh, you know, you're making a spectacle yourself. You're looking foolish, you know, be quiet, stop it already. And Bartimaeus was like, look, I know what I need. And I know that Jesus, I'm in the presence of the, of the living God who can get, turn my situation around. You can sit here and worry about what everybody thinks if you want to. I'm getting what God has promised. So when you have a, an action and you put your faith to action, you have to not even give one rip about the spectators that are watching and saying, don't do all of that. Don't draw attention to yourself. Why are we as Christians trying to fit in? We were created to stand out. Have that blind Bartimaeus faith where you're going to say, I'm in the presence of the living God. Here I am. Here I am. I'm going to make attention. I'm going to say I'm getting what I came to get out of God. And I'm not going to worry about what it looks like to anybody. You know, the Bible says count it all joy when you fall into trials. Well, in the natural, that sounds crazy. Like count it all joy. Like who's counting joy and all, you know, all hell is breaking loose in my life. But we can count it all joy because we know what comes out of it on the other end. And there are so many examples in the Bible where, you know, faith will have you looking crazy until God does the miraculous. I'm personally okay with that. I'm, I'll look as crazy as I need to look. You know, I mean, you think about it, putting mud on your eyes, mix, you know, spit and, and dirt on your eyes and then walking clear across town in traffic to get your eyesight or, you know, whatever it is that you will end up doing in order to experience the miraculous. So when you think about putting your faith in action, you have got to get rid of the spectators that are making you feel like, well, don't do that, or it doesn't take that much. Do what you need to do to become what God has called you to become. And so as I get ready to close, I want you to think about, you know, I did a video uh, about a week ago, and it was about what I call pandemic shaming, and that, you know, everybody wants to figure out how they're going to come out of this pandemic. But if you can come out with just this one thing, like David came out with one thing and, and, and Martha and Paul said, one thing I do is I press forward to come out with that trust and reliance and assurance of just how faithful God is. Now I did a video on it. I'm expecting pastor Defar to take it, fix it and re-preach it correctly. Um, but I want you to really think about coming out of this pandemic if you don't come out with anything else, but just how much you can trust and rely on God and know how faithful he really is. Because when you seek first his kingdom, everything else is going to line up. So I want us as, as I close, let's, let's take the limits off of God. Let's not let this pandemic call the shots. We are children of the most high God. We're calling the shots here. You know, we have the power of life and death in our tongue. And so the Bible says God's promises are yes and amen. But we've got to take those promises and we've got to make them our own. And we've got to seize them by saying amen and say, I'm taking my promise. I don't, in spite of a pandemic, God's promises are still yes and amen. That's all I have. God, thank you, Jesus. Man, that was awesome. Uh, let me just share this story quickly. I was on uh, uh, Instagram and I mean, pandemic shaming is, is real. You know, uh, you know, you watch videos, people send you messages. They say, man, this, this lockdown, you better come out with a PhD out of this lockdown. You better come out with the. I'm thinking, man, how am I going to get a PhD? Pandemic shaming. And I watched Stacey's video. 
and it just set me free. She said, if there's one thing you should come out with, just one thing. Uh, the Apostle Paul said, the one thing I do, uh, uh, Mary uh, chose one thing, you know, to sit at the feet of Jesus. And if there is the one thing we should all do coming out of this crisis, let's not waste this crisis. Uh, let's use it to our advantage. If there is one thing we can come out uh, of this crisis with, it is to, to, to put our confidence and our trust in God. Uh, scripture says in Psalm 20, verse 7, some put their trust in horses and chariots. And uh, this far, I'm sure all of us have uh, recognized that the horses and chariots, which is the systems of man, have not done much for us, you know, this far. They, they can't get a vaccine for us. They can't get a cure for us. All they're telling us is to stay at home. I mean, this, this system is not working. And it doesn't take much to see that the system doesn't work we need to put our trust in the name of the lord the name of the lord is a strong tower the amen. righteous run into it and they are safe amen and so stacy we're going into uh our questions tonight as we go into uh these questions uh maybe you want to share how you responded i know you've experienced a crisis much greater than this global crisis uh when you were getting ready to go on stage to preach i was actually sharing that testimony with someone uh, a few days ago, uh, you're getting ready to go on stage to preach and you get a phone call that literally, you know, is is real. You know, you want to share a little bit around that and I'm how you responded? You. Because I think okay, if so people please. respond the way you did, they'll be able to to just stand during this storm. Okay, so this is my testimony where, you know, people think I'm crazy and I'm good with that because I was going with God. So I was getting ready to go um, and, and, and preach. And I mean, it was a huge, huge event. Um, it was actually the University of South Africa. And I get this, it wasn't even a phone call, it was a text message, which, you know, it was just alter, it was just beyond altering. It said, your husband, Brady, is in ICU. He's got blood clots. They can't operate. They don't think he's going to make it. And it was like, wow. <laughs> what? And you're getting ready to now, preach. And, and, you know, you know, your first thought is, OK, do you go? But I'm, you know, I'm an 18 and a half hour plane right away. So do I do I try and like rush to go, go, go get them? And so the people that are around me, they're like, OK, if we leave right now, you know, we can, maybe we can get you to the airport. And there's like the last, you know, that one flight that leaves, you know, Johannesburg going to Atlanta. We can get you on that. And so they're all just kind of like preparing, like, OK, go home so your husband can die. And I said, just give me a minute. And I went and I stepped aside and I prayed and I, and I had my faith is for such a time as this moment. I said, the only reason I would not do what God has brought me here to do is because I don't believe that my husband's going to be fine. Wow. And that I believe that my prayers are limited by distance, that somehow he's only going to be able to be healed if I can be you know, right there with him. But the Bible doesn't say that. The Bible says, if I have faith the size of a mountain, I can just speak to it and move it and believe it if I don't doubt. So I don't need to alter the course if I believe what God has promised. And so I just made a decision. It changed my life. I made a decision in that moment. And this has been, what, nine years ago. And I made a decision in that moment. I'm taking God at his word. And I stepped back and I said, okay, let's go. Let's go. Let's go share the word. And everybody's looking like, but, but, but we got to get you. And I was like, why would I go back home? For what? I said, he's fine. He's healed in the name of Jesus. Come on. So there's nothing to go back home for. And I went 
and I, I preached. I stayed in South Africa for three weeks. I did my full itinerary. I went to I went to Zimbabwe. I went to Botswana. I mean, I went my full itinerary. I did not waver. And people were calling, the family was calling, everybody was saying, you've got to get home. You know, your husband is dying. You know, what is this? You know, this is nuts. You know, yeah, I mean, they had my twin brother. When your twin brother calls, they called him the heavy gun. First, the lightweight were calling. Then, then they send Frank in, like at the, like the cleanup. Like, okay, she didn't listen to everybody else. Like, let's call Frank, because Frank will just tell it to her straight. And he gets on the phone. He's like, look, he said, girl, I know you love the Lord. We all do. But your husband is in the hospital dying. You need to get your butt home. And so I thought, no, I'm not. Because the only reason I would go home is because I doubt God's already healed him. And I'm not going to play into that doubt. And so I stayed away three weeks. And, you know, God is good. He was faithful. He walked out of that hospital like nothing. And, you know, all is well. And that... At that point, I knew that I knew, you know, you, you get those experiences and there's, you know, that's that count it all joy, because right now there's nothing you can't tell me that God cannot and will not do, because I've seen him when you take him at his word, when you had that like bungee jumping type faith, where it's like, I'm jumping off with God and I know he's got me. Come on. Then it gives you a faith that, you know, it becomes that unwavering type faith. So that's, you know, that's the kind of faith we're supposed to have. Um, and I'm, and I'm, there's nothing special about me. I used to call myself safety Susie. I, I used to hate anything that was not planned out and I didn't know how it was going to turn out. But when you can turn stuff over to God and take him at his word, you know, it really will change your life. Amen. And, and Brady was completely healed and, uh, he completely is, healed. Hey, there he is right there. Come on, Brady, get on, get on the picture. <laughs> you want to say hi to everybody? <laughs> Hello, everybody. I am living testimony of God's work <laughs> and <Yeah>. Stacy's faith. <laughs> amen. Amen. And, Good and, to see and you, fortunately, brother. Fortunately, I have a husband that is faithful and, and did not. He and I were on the same page. So when yeah. I told him I can't come home because that's inviting death, he and I were good. It was everybody around us that was saying, yeah. Yeah. You, you know, my mother, like everybody that you have to be home and you have to be with him while he basically go be with your husband so he can die properly. Yeah, he, he, <laughs> even, even my family was, was a bit out of whack about it, you know? Come on, and come just, on. I mean, it was, and, it was, and it was messy for a while. I mean, his family, you know, they kind of for a minute, it was like, we don't know what kind of wife this that, that he has yeah, he, here. Like, who did he, he marry? You know, she he's in the hospital dying and she won't come home. Like, she just leaving him to die alone. <laughs> And, and I like what you were sharing earlier on, Stacey, around, you know, faith sometimes uh, seems crazy until yeah. the miracle happens, you know, and uh, so we have happens. to be willing, to, 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 be willing. To, to get out of the boat for us to walk on water. That's right. Yeah, because can. you can't walk on water sitting in the boat, you know, uh, um, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. in the comfort of, you know, your, your environment, you have to <laughs> jump off the cliff. <laughs> yeah, and, it, and it's the truth, you know, you, you know, you want uncommon results, you got to be willing to do the uncomfortable things. That's right. Amen. Amen. Yeah. I'm just going to look here. Good to see you, Brady. Uh, we're just going to jump. You, <laughs> good to see you, brother. We're going to jump into uh, some of our questions here uh, okay. that we have uh, for you, uh, Stacy, And uh, okay. 
the first question I have here is how do you know, uh, do you have any tips on how one can be certain uh, that this command word or request is from God and not your mind or feelings or panic speaking? Well, you certainly, you know, don't want your feelings or your panic speaking. No decision made out of your emotions is ever the right decision. Because, you know, one thing about emotions, they make a wonderful slave, but a terrible master. So if you're wow. a, a slave to your emotions, then that's never a good thing. Um, and then you want to see it. Everything that God gives you is always going to line up with his word. Come on. There should be a word that you should be able to go to and say, okay, this is confirming. This is what God has, because God's never going to give you a word that contradicts the word he's already given us. So you definitely want to make sure that it lines up with his word and that you're not in your emotions and you're not in your feelings. And, you know, I think we look for, you know, maybe an overconfirmation. you know, we're looking for, you know, God is looking for people who are already slaying lions and, and bears. Not people are sitting at home watching YouTube videos on how to slay, how to slay Goliath. Wow. So, you know, what are you already doing? to be able to go on to the next level. If you, know, if you have not done anything, you haven't even stepped out on faith for even the smallest thing. And then, you know, it's like, well, maybe I feel like I shouldn't do this or I shouldn't do that. You know, all those kind of paranoid, you know, panicky type things, that's not God. God gives you a peace that passes all understanding. And, you know, his word should be your umpire. It should rule what's in your heart. And so, you know, it's God because he's going to give you his peace. He said, I'm giving you my peace as a gift. And you'll know because you'll have a peace. It may be intimidating, but you'll have a peace. That's awesome. Uh, Stacy. thank you so much. We have one more question. And then uh, we're going to ask you to pray for all our viewers. Uh, before okay. we go, uh, we have Karen here. She says, what, if, what has been some of your anchors when you're standing or trusting uh, uh, God in his promises? Some of my anchors? Yeah. My anchors are, you know, like I said, when I said what, you know, in the last nine years since I had that experience, you know, my anchor is what I call taking a refresher course in God's faithfulness. Mm. And so I always think about what he's already done in my life. And it's easy to forget and get so focused on what's what we're dealing with right now. But if you can just take a refresher course in grace and faithfulness and just look back, you know, you may only have to go to last week or last month or last year, but to be able to look back and say, you know what, back when I thought that was a horrible situation, I couldn't begin to figure out how it was ever going to work out. And look at how God stepped in and show, showed how faithful he really is. And even when things didn't look good, like they don't look good now, God still used it for the good. And if we allow ourselves to lean into the lessons God is trying to show us that even in the most difficult situations, he's still faithful and he still uses it for our good. And it may not feel good in the moment, but when we look back on the other side, we see that that experience is just seasoned with nothing but God's love and grace and how he turned it around. And now it's working for our good and who we became. See, see we're so focused on what we're doing. God is focused on who are we becoming wow. because the goal is to become more like him. 
So those yeah, are my anchors awesome. is, uh, you know, if I start feeling some kind of way, I just take a refresher course in his grace and faithfulness. And man, mine. that's powerful. Man, that's powerful. I've had, you know, uh, uh, a few people say, you know, uh, something around that. In fact, one uh, man of God said he, he goes around his house, his property outside, and he picks up stones. And every time God does something special in his life, he writes it down on a stone and he puts it back in place. And whenever he feels tired and weary because of life challenges, he takes a walk in the garden and he picks up these stones and exactly like what you said, take a refresher course in God's faithfulness. Mm -hmm. Man, if there is something that I'm holding on to tonight as we uh, head out, it's to, to, to take a refresher course in God's faithful. Brothers and sisters, God is faithful. And he's mm -hmm. faithful all the time. And we need to just remind ourselves uh, of his faithfulness if we're going to anchor uh, in times of, of, of challenges and trouble and so on and so forth. And before you pray, Stacy, I know the people were really blessed uh, tonight. Uh, quickly, I'm going to read some of the comments uh, that we got uh, tonight here. Let me just read uh, quickly. I'm looking. It says, uh, from Rutendo Timbe. Uh, wow, what a great testimony. Uh, from Michelle Conthwaite, she said, wow, what a good word. Uh, Aletha Nelson-Harris, she said, oh, but God, and she's shouting uh, for that testimony. She says, great, great word, uh, Stacy." And so people were really, really, really touched tonight. Achido said, I'm taking notes, I'm taking my promise. And I'm holding on to this teaching tonight. Awesome word. That's Julie McIntosh. She said, awesome word. Thank you. And so a lot of people were blessed tonight. And uh, if, if people want to get more of your ministry, they want to, you know, get more of uh, your teachings, your books, uh, where can they go? They can go to stacyspeller.com and that's S-T-A-C-E-Y and then S-P like Peter, E-L-L-E-R.com. Uh, that's more information. They're, my books are on Amazon. Um, I'm on social media. I'm on the social media platforms, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook as Stacy Speller. Um, so I'd love to connect. I love, I mean, you know this, I love people. I love connecting to people. I love chatting and interacting. So yeah, connect, follow me, find me, and, and let's keep the conversation going. Amen. So guys, you heard it. As soon as uh, this broadcast is over, search for Stacy Speller on uh, Facebook. If you're watching on Facebook, if you're on Instagram, please be sure to uh, look for Stacy Speller and uh, follow her. And also uh, her website is stasispeller.com. I think we've put that in the, in the comment section. And so please uh, be sure to remember, Billy Eppard said, invest in yourself more than you invest in your job. One of the ways you can do is to listen to great counsel uh, like Stacy uh, will bring. Amen. And so Stacy, before you go, I know you're really pressed for time. Uh, do you mind just praying quickly for the people and just releasing uh, God's favor over them? Absolutely. Gracious Heavenly Father, we come to you just with just since a spirit of gratitude, Lord, that that in, in the midst of all this pandemic and everything that's going on, Lord, we don't want to take lightly your sustaining grace and that we are in this place right now because of your sustaining grace. 
And so, Lord, I pray right now that everyone who's hearing this message, that it will stir up their gifts, Lord, that they will have just a, a, a righteous indignation to say, I want to be more of what God has called me to be, yeah. that I want to I want to be that light in a dark world. I want to have grace in the marketplace and I want to be the best version of myself. I want to be more of who you called him to be. And so I thank you for that, Lord. I thank you right now that businesses are getting started, that promotions are on the horizon, Man. that that abundance, the life that you came to give us, that abundant life is being released, Lord, that it's being released by faith, that people are going to take that mustard seed faith and realize that it is enough, that they're going to stop rehearsing what didn't work and they'll start believing what God has planned, that they know that provision is where God told them to go, not where they decide to stay, yes, and that Lord. they will take that take you at your word, Lord, like never before, that, that I, I, I pray that the chains are being broken and limits are being released, that territories are being enlarged because that's your plan and that's your will for your people, Lord. And I pray that, that everyone here will experience pandemic-proof finances, Lord, that whatever's going on in the economy and the world, Lord, that they're not children of this world. And they're not, they were bought with a price, that they will remember they were bought with a price. They're not going to become a slave to this world system of lack and doubt and fear, but they're going to start walking with light and love and purpose and grace, knowing that grace and mercy has gone ahead of them and that favor and love is going to just overwhelm them as they listen and take you at your word. And we pray it, we believe it, and we say in the mighty name of Jesus, because it's the name that's above every situation. Amen. Amen and amen. Thank you so much, Stacy. And uh, guys, please be sure to follow Stacy on all uh, the social media platforms and be sure to buy the books. You will be thoroughly blessed. And thank you so much for joining us tonight. See you tomorrow at 6 p.m. Before we go, I know the mother of the ministry wants to say something. No, I just want to say just how awesome it was being here. And I look forward to being there in person again soon. Um, but I think this is phenomenal. And we thank God, you know, the, the disciples and the apostles, they could have only dreamed of being able to have this kind of ability to, to go out and make disciples. Come on. Come on. You, you came all the way to Africa while sitting in the comfort of your home. I mean, what a blessing it is. <laughs> what, a what a blessing. <laughs> Praise God. Thank you so much, Stacey. Thank you guys. All See right. you tomorrow at 6 p.m. God bless you. Bye-bye. <laughs>